When light turns dark and all is grim, the shadow lurks, then lies within. The crack of skulls and demons spawn, crushing weight will fall upon the weak and feeble crying out. Hell hath come to walk about the earth with death and thirst for blood. So below as up above, to torture souls and slay the rest, their goal to feast and then infest. Your time is now, the time has come. Maps aesthetic is 50% from its original price, and so I say, go forth and pay with no delay. For if you let it come to pass, you'll feel like such a giant ass. Mapsblack.com Get them before they get you. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of oh Mind Pump, the Bill Sal, <laughs> Justin, and I, for 28 minutes, get into some of our introductory conversations. We first talk about <laughs> simians. What are simians? Is it simian panda? Are we talking about monkeys? Or are we talking about ourselves? Then we get into Adam's big TV experience. Appearance. An experience. I'm going to go ahead and change oh, that. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The ha- <laughs> then we get into The Haunting of the Hill House. On Netflix, for all you guys that like scary movies, scared the shit out of me. I will pass. Then we get the difference between Felix Gray glasses. That's Felix Gray, G R A Y glasses. And uh, the difference between the ones that uh, Sal used to wear that block out all the light and the ones that we wear now that you can wear. The less cool, now the cool ones. We are also sponsored by Felix Gray Glasses. You can go to Felix Gray Glasses, Gray's G-R-A-Y dot com forward slash mind pump and you get free shipping and free returns. Uh, Then we get into uh, Netflix raises $2 billion. They're They're continuing to drive themselves into debt to provide more entertainment for you guys. So God bless you, Netflix. They're exploding. Yeah, yeah. they are. And then we get into uh, Four Sigmatic's new mushroom focus shots for energy. Sal's favorite sponsor. Yeah, love them. There's what hey, lions do some shots. A little bit of rhodiola, a little bit of caffeine to wake you up. That's right. And you guys, we are sponsored by Four Sigmatic. So you guys can go to foursigmatic.com forward slash mind pump. Make sure you enter in the code mind pump at the checkout for your discount. And then we get to the questions. You want to pull that one off? Yeah, no, no, go yeah. All right. First, first question is, uh, what's our opinion on fitness influencers doing these 10,000 plus calorie cheat meals uh, on YouTube videos that have become so popular? You get all these fitness people yeah. who are showing you that they can stuff their faces with lots of food. It's basically like stapling your nuts to your leg. It's, uh, it's exactly <laughs> like that, Justin. Yeah. Uh, what is our opinion on that? And what is our opinion on the nut stapling? To the leg thing. Yeah. Next question. Uh, this person's lower back really sore and tight when they wake up in the morning. Now, is it because they sleep bad or is it because they've got uh, some muscle imbalances and they need to do some correctional exercises? Uh, we did uh, write- The a, latter, Sal. That's, thank you, Justin, for giving away no the problem. answer. Uh, <laughs> we do have a back pain guide uh, that talks about how to alleviate back pain. You can find that at mindpumpfree.com. The next question, what are our thoughts on those 
very, very unstylish barefoot shoes. Adam loves them so much. <laughs> the, yeah. the ones where your toes are free. Yeah, super can, cool. You can like interlace toes with your buddy. <laughs> so gross. Can you get similar benefits? We should from, start a trend doing that. <laughs> from flat-soled shoes like Chucks, are there benefits or are they just ugly? Yeah. And the final question, what is our opinion on being a trainer part-time? Is online training something you should do even if you have no one-on-one in-person training experience? Ooh. Good question, Mark. Ooh. We have some very strong opinions on that. You won't want to miss that part of this episode. Also, this month, half off MAPS Aesthetic all month long. Remember, MAPS Aesthetic, that's our bodybuilder focus program. This is the program that is designed to make your body look Amazing. Do Look, you aesthetic. want to get sexy? Do a- you? Aesthetic is sexy. That's yes. right. They are both, uh, uh, I think, intertwined. Mm. If you go to mapsblack.com, use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K, and the number 50 at checkout, you'll get half off. And if you have questions on our other MAPS programs, we have several other MAPS programs, some designed for athletes, some designed for just speeding up your metabolism, building muscle, uh, other programs designed for at-home workouts without any exercise equipment, and bundles that combine them all together. Just go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Go check those out. Do you guys know what Simeon means? What does yeah, it mean? Simeon? Yeah, it's... Um, to fill with semen? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no it's, a, it's a type of primate. It, it means... It's, it's the class of primate. It's like yeah, human, but yeah, it's... Yeah, exactly. It's for primates. Exactly. It's yeah. something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's like monkey. Yeah, it's like monkey... Uh, apes, you know, that's another, it's another term for apes, right? Something like that. Yeah. So when I call you like Adam, when I'm like, yeah, my Simeon sidekick, it's kind of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, so what's that kid's name? Uh, Simeon Panda. So what's he, he refer- spells it wrong. Oh, he spells it yeah, wrong. His name is spelled. Everybody wrong. spells everything wrong. That's why I fit in now. The yeah, ape yeah, yeah. Panda. All these kids would be uh, starting these companies and they leave yeah. out all the vowels. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to spell Simeon. Was that going to be something that we're, is going to oh, die? I am I a N. Oh, I-A-N. Yeah, yeah, S-I-M-I-A-N. It means monkeys and apes, including the New World monkeys and platyrines and catarine clay. What are New World monkeys? Uh, am I out of the loop on that? I don't know. Let's look this up. Old World monkeys and apes, including humans. So we are simians. Oh, so we... Oh. Nah. Yeah, so I it's not really so it's not really a joke anymore. No, it's just yeah. it's just it's just uh, what's the word? Pompous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So anyway, you were <laughs> you, you were saying Adam that you were on TV last night. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were mentioning your uh, your fame and, and glory. I, was, I no, I sat right behind the Suns bench, and it was like uh, I mean, you can't if you're right behind one of the team's bench, uh, the cameras over there like the whole time. So my phone was just like blowing up all. Were all. you making signs and? No, I'm not an asshole like that. Yeah, I enjoy the game when I go there. Yeah. Who are the Suns playing? The Warriors. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I went oh, to watch man. the Warriors play. The Moons. Oh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing, Sal? Yeah, yeah, don't, don't even. I don't, know what the basketball game is like. The basketballs. Uh, it's, yeah. No, it's a great game. I mean, Warriors just thumped them, dude. We were up by fucking 30. 30 points, bro, and they won. Dude, you already got to see them play the Lakers, too, right? Yeah, yeah. So oh, it, you bastard. No, it's been, I want to see that. No, I'm. It, boy, the Lakers got into a uh, overtime game with... You want to see something cool is uh, look at uh, LeBron's tying shot to go into overtime last night against the Spurs. Yeah. yeah well, bro, he must have pulled up. He pulled up between the three-point line and half court with uh, two seconds left 
and drill the three-pointer to send it to overtime. You son of a bitch. Yeah. He's too good. They lost, though. They lost. Yeah. It's actually his first 0-3 start since 2004. Wow. So it's a big deal. They're, They're still trying to figure out the dynamic with him and the national yeah, team. Yeah. You know, they they have a they have a really young team, so I think they're they're building for the future. I know a lot of Lakers. My best friend's a big Laker fan. I think, he, of course, you're excited when the best player on earth comes to your team, but yeah. They're not. Gonna, but he can't win by they're, himself. They're not going to do shit for a while. Speaking of teams that like before. aren't winning, so our Bay Area teams right now are like so. San, uh, San Francisco and the Raiders are just dog shit right now. And yeah. but I'm excited about the Raiders. Sad story. So many people are talking shit about the Raiders and what's happening there. So John Gruden uh, is the coach this year. Yeah, that was, he came back. That's uh, a huge deal, dude. Yeah, I love huge, that guy. Huge deal. But and now everybody is criticizing him because he's gutting the team. They just traded Amari Cooper over to the Cowboys. They let go of their their star defensive player that b- before the season even started. There's rumors that Carr might get let go. Uh, so is he, he just trying to cut down on cost before they move to not Vegas ca- or not cost? He's he's cutting players that he did not. This is this is my theory. I think all this was discussed before he even took the job. Yeah, um, I'm a firm believer in. Uh, there's a lot of parallels in in sports leadership as there is in business leadership. And every time that I inherited a team or a staff of people, I almost always had to fire. You want a clean house. All of them. Yeah. And the times that I didn't do that were some of the biggest mistakes I made in my early years of my career because if they're not your people, it's really hard to to get them and lead them in the direction that you, you want to. So, <laughs> you, walk yeah. in, you walk into a new business. Uh, hi, I'm your new manager. Everybody listens to this episode. They're like, that's nice. <laughs> We're all going to be fired. That's a strategy. <laughs> like, oh, no. That's what he fucking does every single time. It's true, though. Do you disagree? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I've, oh, mm, I've never had to fire a whole staff, but oh, wow. usually there's an example. Uh, I, I mean, I know what you're saying. There's usually an example of, of, of a few that... You, because there's, you know, it's like the... The old dogs in there, they don't want to conform. And if you don't get rid of the old, that, that uh, what is it, the bad apple, yeah. it does poison the whole lot for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you do have to assert yourself many times when you, when you mm-hmm. walk in right mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Otherwise, you get walked all over. I would, I would typically come in and the first month would be just me observing. And if you were a, if you were a staff member, you would probably think I was lazy or I just wasn't going to do anything. But it was literally just me watching like... Who's going to do their job without me saying anything? Yeah. Who comes in late? Who looks professional? Who acts professional? Who's hustling on 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 and off the clock? Like I'm paying attention to all these little details. Who's fucking around? You know, like at work. Like, and so I'm just watching, and then then the examples start happening after that, and then I just start chopping heads, man. And for me, it was not just a few as an example. It was normally most of them, and only a few. I would keep, yeah. and it was normally the few that were yeah, special. Yeah, like, like a staff meeting of forty people. Like, all right, John and Sam, raise your hands. Everybody else is fired. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you guys are gone. We'll see you guys later. Uh, here's your package uh, at the door. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're. But all I mean, when you're uh, think of it like a sport like football, where there's so many. I mean, what's the roster like? Fifty three or something like that. Uh, there's, there's so a many ton of people. Right. There's a lot of people on on a single team that you're trying to move in the same direction. And man, talk about, I, I can't imagine what that's like at the professional level because I know how challenging it was for me just leading average men and women. Imagine the egos that you have with these college athletes that now just get are getting paid millions of dollars because they, and everyone's told them how great they are their entire lives. Well, like, it's interesting. It makes me think that he's in it for a long, the long haul, you know, like Gruden. I, I, I don't know. Him coming back to me felt like, you know, kind of like he was 
flirting with just trying to come in and win a, a title and like use whatever like uh, talent that was there to kind of get him there. But it sounds to me like he's no, he's really rebuilding. Trying to embed he's rebuilding. And, and if you're a, a Raider fan, you're listening right now because they've been taking a lot of heat. There's been a lot of shit talking about Gruden and everyone's pissed because, of course, they didn't they did not like the, letting go of some of these players, but. Again, like you, if you, I believe that the leadership is so important to professional sports, and this is a debate my mm-hmm. friends and I get in all the time. Like some people believe it's it's all about talent acquisition, it's all about your athletes. No. My opinion on that is that it's a professional sport. Everybody's the cream of the crop. Everybody is the best of the best. Like if you got to the professional level at any sport, they're just like a bunch of spoiled kids, right? You got to like, wrangle them all together. Right. Can you get them all to work together? And I think we get we get examples of this in sports all the time. This is also again what I love about watching sports and watching a team like the Warriors is. They've mastered that. They've mastered this selfless playing and putting other with with some of the biggest superstars on their team and the biggest egos in the in the league mm-hmm. all working together. And it's I don't know. It's it's magical to watch. And mm. you know, uh, just ten years ago, I wasn't going to as many games because I was to me. I that's what I love to watch. I love to see the the players, but I love to see the all stars sitting on the bench and some f- rookie this year scoring a basket and the bench clearing and you know picking them up and making a big deal about it and like celebrating yeah, and then you see you, everybody's bought in and then I'm sitting behind the sun's bench and I'm watching them just getting whooped right and then the looks on everyone like I'm right in literally in the hut I can hear the coach giving the the like the, the timeouts I'm, I can hear what they're coaching to and everything and I can just see the players just moping frustrated talking shit to each other because they're it's just of course you're not going to do well with no that, with yeah that energy no you could just you could just see it there's a there's a very distinct difference between you know a team that is playing together versus a bunch of individuals dude uh i watched some of that was it you you, you recommended the oh, haunting, the haunting, of, the haunting oh, i watched of Hill it too House. i watched two of those episodes oh shit isn't it crazy it's creepy as fuck it's not that scary dude they do a, the writing creepy. is good it's really creepy the writing is good yeah what, what do you mean it's not scary i thought it was gonna be like jump out of your seat scary or whatever the way people were describing it but it's just like it's leading i mean it's it's definitely it has those pauses and those things like kind of like you know back in the day that was what i loved about like stephen king's and like you know some of the better writing that the uncomfortable it would like, moments. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and then it would like, the, you hear like the music kind of go down and then it stops and it's just this uncomfortable quiet and then like something little small happens but nothing like super gory and crazy. Yeah. So it's it's, ve- it's very, very suspenseful. It's it, very it, suspenseful. It is, but it's it's good writing. Fuck that, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, It's I really gotta, good. <laughs> bro, you got to no, watch right. it. No. So, so let me, oh, hold on. Bro, maybe it, maybe it, I can help you. Maybe you, I can help you. I don't need help. No, no, no. Maybe I, I know you don't need help, but maybe I can help you with this. So with, here's why I love scary movies so much. First of all, I don't like all scary movies because most scary movies are dumb. Most of them are terrible. Yeah. Just like most of other categories of movies. There's very few that are really, really good. But the reason why scary movies, the good ones are so great is because in order to make a scary movie really, really good, it has to have excellent writing. It has to be believable. It has to have good... Suspense is important, but writers who rely on suspense, it gets cheap and old real quick. Like real quick, it's like, oh... You know, someone's going to jump out there. Oh, someone's going to yes, jump out there. Yes, yes, uh, You know, horrifying images, that's also something that can be used, but that can also become cheap and overused, where it's like every fucking scene is, right. you know, a, a girl walking down the stairs upside down with her head twisted or something. Like, uh-huh. okay, I'm over it now. You have to have really good writing 
to make a good scary movie. And this one looks like I only watched two episodes, yeah. and it's funny, dude. By the way, I watched the scene. I didn't know it was a series. Yeah. So Jessica and I sat down. And I thought it was a movie, uh-huh. and I convinced her. I'm like, because she hates scary movies. I'm oh, like, she's with me then. Yeah. I'm like, come on, babe, let's watch. Let's watch this together. And you know, yeah. it's a scary movie. And, and and so I made a deal with her. I said, you could pick the next three things that we watch if we watch this. <laughs> you gotta make deals over here. I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mostly because I pick almost everything that we watch. Very, very similar. So she's it. like, okay. So we sat down and we watched the first episode and it's a series so it ends without any resolution. Yeah. She's like, what? What? And I'm, and I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, it's a series. Yeah. And she's like, You've tricked me. She's so angry. <laughs> She's like, you fucking tricked me. She's like, I have to watch the next one now, and I don't want it, but I have to. I'm like, we don't have to watch it if you're scared. She's uh, like, no, no, I have to watch it now. <laughs> Take away on it. Yeah, but we- <laughs> No, it's great because it, it, it does this. It plays off of when they were kids and then, you know, the present and, like, how it all affected them, and it, like, all kind of, like- it, there's this there's this total like um you see the psychology there of like how that like literally affected them in their job decision and then you know like what w- what became of them because of like this constant like uh, uh horrifying like mm-hmm. childhood that they had to experience now are you guys are you guys like me when you guys watch these late night series and stuff like are you guys rocking your felix grays Oh, at night? Yeah, no, uh, I, I do do it in the day. I watch. I wear the the Felix Grays. I'll wear them at night, but usually during the day, if I'm on my phone or on my computer. When you're writing, right? Yeah, because they're they're learn. daytime. I mean, they're for day use. So, the, the, you know, this was a big thing. When we got on a call with them. They explained the difference because I I would wear the the fucking orange ones that block everything out at night. Right. And you don't want to wear that during the day because you you want you your sleepy. eyes to know you're awake. Right. So the the Felix rays are designed for day use, so it limits the the damaging rays. But well, also yeah, you can your, use, it can use it. I use them at night too. You can because at nighttime you're also looking at a TV screen or a computer if you're watching it yeah. close, and you get the the high blue light that's going to send a signal for you to be. Now that I do it consistently, I can tell a big difference when I don't. Like if I don't have, yeah, if I'm a, not wearing anything, I can tell a big. difference. It's a big. It's a big deal. I, I'll is. literally like last night I sat down. It was God, we didn't get home from the game till like eleven o'clock. And I wanted to get on my email and check stats. I hadn't done any of that for the afternoon to evening time. And I had left my Felix Grays downstairs. And I will. I'll get out of bed, go all the way downstairs, get the glasses Makes before. A big because I notice a huge difference, especially when it's like my phone and it's late mm-hmm. and I'm in bed and I'm looking at numbers. But they also so- look good. Like when Jessica wears them, I think they're hot on her. I love it when she wears <laughs> she wears them. They're very attractive yeah. uh, frames. No, they are stylish. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But back, you know, back to this, the whole scary movie thing, what I was going to say, Adam, is so when I was a kid, I don't remember what movie it was. I think it was what's that Stephen King movie where the car comes alive? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. What is that monster or something? No, or no, no. no, no. It, it's a I name. Know you're it's saying. a name. The car has a name. Oh right. And I don't remember what it I know, was. Yeah, yeah. But I when I was movie, a kid, my parents were watching that on TV, and and I was I snuck out of bed and I was behind the couch watching it with them, mm-hmm. and there was a scene. That happened with the with the car. Doug's maybe pulling it up for us. Oh, Christine, there you go. Christine. That's yeah. Right. Oh, there's another one. Maximum Overdrive. That one was stupid. But anyway, the <laughs> the I was watching from behind the couch. A scary moment happened, and I was a young kid, and I screamed, and my parents turned around, and realized that I was watching, and from that moment on, I'd have these nightmares and stuff. And so my mom helped coach me with these movies, and she said to me, she said, Sal, she goes, there's this, there's literally people behind the cameras and a staff making this movie. And there's people that write out the story and that are creating this thing. And so what I did as a kid is when I'd watch a scary movie, when I would get too personal, when I'd start to get scared, I started to watch it through the eyes of like a director. 
And then I started to learn to appreciate the writing and appreciate what they did to the point now where that's my favorite part about watching. So like there's a scene in the the haunting of Hill House yeah. where the dad uh where the remember the banging on the walls uh-huh. in the second episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the dad comes in the scene. room and then he's talking to them, all of a sudden he stops and his mouth opens and rah, makes this yeah. really terrifying. Yeah. Brilliant the way that they did that, because you weren't anticipating it and it, it it gives you this No, there was some good freaky ones. ass feeling, you there know. Some good ones. They, they they left you there like you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it, good writing. It is good writing. It, it is. It, it's all about the setup, you know, yes. as, as much as it's about like telling like well i'm glad i shared it with story. you fuckers but i have no desire to watch it. <laughs> dude i'm <laughs> telling you I, no i heard a bunch so i have my family so my my cousins uh and you guys know brett and casey's yeah. boy and so brett and derek and the, when we were they're younger than me they're a good what it was brett a good eight years younger than me maybe yeah about eight years younger than i am maybe brett's more. younger than you no way younger than me oh okay yeah yeah brett's maybe 10 years younger than me now i think about it yeah. He's 27, 28. Really? Like yeah. He looks very mature <clears throat> for his age. So he, they used to watch, when they were like five, you know, they were watching The Ring and shit like, like scary ass oh, fucking yeah. movies as a little <clears throat> kids. And I was like, five. I, <laughs> I wasn't introduced to it till I was older. Then when I was older, I was like, man, I don't. Did you have a traumatizing experience or something? No. What it is, is this. Like, I love movies. Absolutely love movies. But the part that like, if someone were to say, well, what is it about movies that you like so much? Well. As I've gotten older, I, what I've connected is that the part that I like about movies is the ability for me to completely get out of my brain, to, to shut off the, 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 the constant winding and thinking and moving. Puts and, you in the moment. And it yeah, puts me in the moment and I'm being, I'm being entertained and I don't have to do anything. It's very relaxing for me. Right. And so what I don't like about scary movies, because I can, like, I love, like, there's, I've watched a lot still. I've seen The Ring. I've seen Sixth Sense. I've seen a lot of these movies that everyone's like, you have to watch. And so I've still watched them. And I can appreciate the writing and all that. But what why I don't go back and I don't continue to watch more of them is I don't like the anxiety that I get watching it. It's not mm. relaxing. So I really would have to be in this mood to like not relax. Like I have to be in a mood like, hey, you know what? Should I go ride some roller coasters or maybe watch a scary yeah, movie? Dude, I need to be in that do mood. Do you not like I, roller coasters either? I love roller coasters. But uh, that, the point is that that same feeling that you get of dipping up and down and turning yeah. and like that maybe because you're you are you're calling it for that yeah maybe you're because you're identifying it as anxiety instead of excitement yeah it's the same feeling yeah i i identify it as excitement so mm. when i'm watching it i'm like I'm like oh shit it's gonna happen and then you I, know and then it doesn't or then it does well and, and like, i laugh and afterwards. anticipating yeah, yeah, someone to get stabbed in the throat is more anxiety <laughs> than it is excitement for me yeah. see here's the thing so, i guess i could turn that into yeah. like so here's the thing yes but stab the motherfucker get well, him right well, throat. well no here's the thing when i see like that kind of shit and it's just gratuitous and there's no good writing i get sick of it real quick and yeah. i'm like dumb this is stupid but if it pulls me in and then it does that to me, it's like, oh, that was so good. You fucking yeah. did a good or, job. Yeah, it's just a real good story. Yeah. And then they're, you know, they have just those little moments where like, oh yeah, it is a scary movie. I forgot. You know, yeah. it's like you almost forget about it. Dude, I got a good movie for you. Like, so are you into mockumentaries at all? Like Waiting for Guffman and like a dog show and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking I've about? I've never seen any of those. Okay, so what's up? Uh, Spinal Tap. Have you ever seen Spinal no. Okay, fuck you guys. I know what um, mockumentaries are. Yeah. So anyway, it's like it's it's kind of like a it's like a documentary, but it's it's like satire. It's like it's funny. It's like it's, okay. they're, they're just fucking around, like it's like a fake making fun of it, right? So okay. there's this one about like making a, a scary movie, and it's with it's called like American Movie. And I saw this a long time ago when I was in college, and it's so fun. It's like it's like unintentionally funny. It's like so like 
it's so cheesy and, and it, it, it's just like um, I'm trying to like think of like some words to describe, but it's like these two guys are just like just ugly ass dudes that are just like trying to make a movie and trying to like pitch it and sell it and like it's it's like the whole process of making it with like gore and and like all this cheesy shit involved. But anyway, you'd love it, dude. It's like it, it's it's one of my favorite movies. You'll have to send it over to me, and I'll yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. Why we're on the movie talk? You just reminded me of an article that I just read on on Netflix, and Netflix raises another two billion in debt. So Netflix announced another two billion in debt financing. The sixth time in four years, the company is taking out more than one billion in debt. So the company is on track to add. 27.4 million subscribers this year. That feat took HBO 40 years yeah. to do. Wow. They're fucking doubling down hard. <clears throat> there and here's some other cool stats that I read that Netflix is the most popular TV platform at 39.7% of TV watchers are watching Netflix, twice as many as what YouTube is at 17% and three times as many as cable at 12%. So cable is like almost dead. It's crazy. Everything I've watched lately are Netflix originals. And that hadn't been the case, you know, like like a lot of these series, they've all been like they've created it, which is it's pretty it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, pay attention now to how polit politicians now start to get their hands in that shit. It's yeah. they're powerful mediums, and it's a, it's a matter of time. Before. Well, especially when you hear things like that right there, where you rate, where's this money coming from, right? Mm. Like who's throwing who's throwing millions and billions of dollars at a company to help them grow. Mm -hmm. And do they have an agenda? So now, I, that would be interesting to me. And too. now Netflix doesn't yeah. you do advertising at all, right? There's no advertising whatsoever. It's all membership fee based. Do you guys think it'll stay that way forever? God, I hope so. I mean, I, it's that's the biggest benefit to I, it. In my I think opinion. I think 100 percent it will. I think that I think they know that that's what was their secret sauce into growing to where they're at. I mean, streaming, yeah. instantaneous binge binge watching, like yeah. But so so yeah. But think about it this way, and and I I I agree with you somewhat, and then sometimes I think you know differently because there's like very very powerful brands that are out there that are losing ways of advertising themselves because. Mm -hmm. TV and you know old media is dying. It's dead. Soon it's going to be completely dead. You have all this other media, and you have all these big brands that are going to try that need ways to advertise themselves. Well, you might be okay. So I could see this. I could see so, maybe there's like a free option. Well, yes, I could. I could see two big major, and that's one of them. I could see like how Pandora does it, where it's like you know, it's if you uh, want it free, you can watch the way you watch right now. If you want it you know, with no ads, then you're paying a, a, now premium, a premium fee. Now, let's think about it this way. So this is interesting. I never thought of this. So you have, let's say we have companies like Netflix offering that free option so that they could have ads. Mm -hmm. That automatically separates their audience from the people willing to pay versus the people who aren't willing to pay. And I wonder what that'll say about that audience. You know yeah, what I'm what saying? You, what you know about them? Yeah, like what you know about them, and because they're less likely to pay, does it mean that they're they have less money? Does it mean that they're less? Well, you'll 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 they'll be able to see a lot of things. They also see the stuff that they watch the most. I mean, all of this stuff is. I mean, that's the future, right? The future. Like you'll only get advertised. Like in other words, you're not going to get targeted by advertisers the same if you have a lot of money and pay for everything to not have advertising. The most interesting thing that I yeah. see with all of these platforms is they're just all gathering data on us. And why I like that movie that or that show that we never finished really watching, I only got three episodes in, the, the 70s futuristic yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. was the ad buddy thing. It was literally just that because I think that's really fascinating that they, they wrote that in and the way they have it where it's like an actual person. 
I think we are we are built or we are building that right now where we are. I mean, and when you look at Amazon, Facebook, Google, YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, Netflix, we are just offering up all this information about ourselves, what we like to do on our pastime, what type of movies we're into, what weird ass porn we watch, what types of things we like, what things we dislike, what articles we read. You're going to know so much about every individual that you will no longer be marketing. You're never going to work in the next 10 years. You'll never get blanketed with advertising of stuff you don't want. Yeah, That's yeah. scary to think. I'm never going to see things. In 10 years, I don't believe I'm going to see anything that I don't want. Everything that's going to get thrown in my face is going to be stuff that You're like, I- damn. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want. Ah, you got me. Yeah. Oh, shit. I want that too. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to take you a You know lo- what it's going to remind me of when you were a kid watching Saturday morning cartoons? Yeah. 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 Every, every I want that co- toy. I want every that goddamn toy. commercial I want this one. was something for that Christmas, I wanted. For Christmas, for birthday. Or yeah. it was some cereal that I really wanted that, I could, <laughs> oh, yeah. that my mom would Damn never, you too, can't That Sam. would never buy me. Yeah. By the way, those commercials were super, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, they weren't. They they lied to you a lot when I was. I remember watching the GI Joe commercials, and then you get the toy, and I'm like, this doesn't fucking blow up and do crazy shit. Oh, like I know. Before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was always the kids like like doing like playing with them, and then they'd like shoot like missiles at each other. Yeah, and, and they've like, got this crazy happen. backdrop and the fucking. Like, tank he doesn't shoot that far. Yeah, no. Yeah, it just goes, like, exactly. It doesn't knock anybody over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always wanted always to take pathetic. that shot for yeah, real. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway. Well, you saw Justin's sons that he had. Oh, that was yeah. cool that he was driving around the other day. Yeah, he, he yeah. had this like really specific request to get a remote control tank that shot uh, missiles, and I was like, what <laughs> "That was the fuck! <laughs> like, like, really? Does that even exist?" Is sure enough, it exists. <laughs> like he just constructed that in his own little brain and was like, "Wow!" Like, uh, yeah, I okay, I guess, honey, let's uh, let's get this to him, and it it works. And uh, of course, as being the dad, you know, you're, I'm you're like, like, "Oh, I wish I had this." Exactly. Yeah, you're thinking yourself like, "I don't want to spoil my kid." And you're like, "But I want that too." Yeah, I want it. So I'm like <laughs> playing it. with him, you know, with it. It's, remote it's control tank that shoots things. Hell anyway, yeah, it's you guys, awesome. Do you guys? See the new product uh, by Four Sigmatic. Oh, the shots, Focus Shot. So yeah. it's like ready to drink. What's in it? Is it a, is it a new Lions Mane? Oh. Lions Mane, Rhodiola. So oh, both of it. which, both of which uh, are consistently showing studies to improve uh, focus in people. Um, Rhodiola in particular increases uh, time to fatigue. So it's actually a great non. If I guess you could classify it as a non-stimulant based, uh, you know product that'll get your you know get you more focused uh-huh. or give you more nerves but it also has a little bit of caffeine about 40 milligrams so about the, about as much as you'd find in green tea this should be a very very good combination i think a lot of people are gonna like that because yeah. i i like lion's mane with caffeine just that combination for me is fire i know doug is a huge fan of rhodiola so there, yeah. So they, there, they are. They're in these little like ready to drink. Oh, a little shoot, almost like a like a five hour energy. Sort yeah, of feel you, to you it. know what I like about it, but I, healthy. Here's yeah. what I like about it, and this is why Four Sigmatic is one of my favorite companies. They don't rely on the cheap stimulant. You know what I mean yeah. by that is anytime it's not just loaded with caffeine. That's and, it, and that's why you feel it. Every any anytime you buy these these you know shots, these ready to drink shots or these ready to drink drinks that promise to give you energy and whatever. All they are mainly is lots of caffeine. So I don't care which one you go with, you know, five hour energy, you know, you, you know, whatever, whichever one you go with, Red Bull, whatever. What's giving you the energy is the fact that they have a lot of caffeine. Yeah. Four Sigmatic doesn't rely on that cheap trick. Uh, it, it, they're actually including things in, in, uh, in doses that are efficacious that actually, you know, produce what they're supposed to yeah and that's one of my favorite combinations now this is this is live doug so you they can get it now it's all organic it's it comes in a what 12 pack or a six pack what is that 
that looks like a, a six. Oh, there's a different options. Yeah. So that was a six pack, the one that he had up there. Yeah, no, I thought I saw a twelve pack also. Yeah. So you know. Oh, okay. Oh, that's... And here's the deal: if you want a lot of caffeine, you could probably have one of these and then have a little bit of coffee, mm. mix it up a little bit. But but that would be awesome together. Well, you'd be surprised too. You'd be surprised with caffeine once you get your tolerance down, and then you mix it with certain things like Lion's Mane. It's a it's another it's a whole other experience. Totally different experience. You get you, you get way more energy, but it's much more of a you know, it's funny. Try, yeah, it's funny. Uh, who was it? Taylor, uh, you know, who works with us. I was talking to him about this because he was talking about coffee and how he likes caffeine. And I said, you know, have you tried having a l- little bit less caffeine, but combining it with something else? And he says, no, like what? And so we're going back and forth and said, okay, here's a basic easy one. Theanine, the amino acid theanine, combine it with caffeine and watch how you feel. And so he's like, you know, he's like, well, what am I going to get? Am I going to get more hyper energy? And I said, no, it's just different. It's much more of a smooth energy. And so we tried it, and now he ends up, he, he, there's a freaking bottle of theanine now in the office that he takes. Yeah, I see that. With, with, with coffee all the time. And it's, it's, this is something I try to communicate to. You introduced this to me. I do the same thing. Oh, dude, I try to communicate this to clients. It's like, there's definitely, you can definitely wire yourself more, but that doesn't mean you're more effective. Mm-hmm. In fact, it'll make you less effective. You're more shaky. Studies will show that too much will reduce your cognitive performance, will reduce your your creative performance. Yeah, you want to elongate that that nice, like even high as far as like you know you you feel that cognition, you feel that boost of like uh, focus and clarity. Y- yes, clarity. You want that smooth clarity. I think I, I the last time I had you do the same thing. Yeah, Justin, it makes a big difference. It, it's even it's, add a little CBD. Yeah, it's like what do you want your what do you want your caffeine to to do for you? Do you want it just to make you jittery and 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 awake? Yeah. Or do you want to be focused? Yeah, that's and, easy to do and calm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And trust me, you want the focus and calm. You'll perform better in, in, in sports, and you'll have better workouts, too. So, better combination. There you go. Today's Quaw is brought to you by Maps Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. First question is from Hecka Stubborn. <laughs> I'm Hecka Stubborn. Hecka, who says that? What is your opinion on fitness influencers doing these 10,000 calorie cheat meals on YouTube that have become so popular? I have something to say about They're these so things. I have stupid. something to say about all this stuff. I, I, you know what? I don't care. Do what you want. Just right. don't call yourself a fitness person. That's the bottom line. I don't even care that. Here's I, the responsibility always on you as consumers paying attention and watching some bullshit like that. This is dumb. And here's, there's, you know, I know quite a few people in the, in the space of YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, wherever your biggest platform is, that their entire business model revolves around chasing these trends. Mm-hmm. Whether they're doing some Tide Pod challenge or they're, you know, getting they're they're cross pollinating with some other huge celebrity person and they're talking trash and creating fake drama, all this shit. These are all fucking gimmicks to get more eyes and more attention on you. And if your business closes at one percent, you know, or if whatever your it is you're selling, whether it be a supplement line or apparel or bullshit stuff, whatever it is that you're selling, 
you know, you doing all these things just gets eyes and attention. And out of that, uh, the eyes and attention, you're going to close at whatever percentage. And it's typically pretty low because a lot of these people that are tuning in really don't, aren't shopping for something. They just want to see some moron eat as much food as they possibly can in a single day. And so my, my, when I see something like that, or I see somebody constantly chasing trends, it's cheap. I, yeah, yeah, it's cheap. And I go, they have a, they don't have a long-term business plan. It's a, it's a hustle and they're just trying to ride whatever trend is going on. And I'll tell you right now, like, even if they're making good money at the, at the moment right now doing that, it's going to be, it'll get old fast. It'll get old fast and you'll get, you'll get tired of having to do that all the time and relying on all these people to come in and see these gimmick things that you're doing just so you can get a couple extra eyes. It's almost directly parallel to me to, um, you know, like the whole Jackass series. It's just like, you know, yeah, like I watched that series. I was like all into it, but it got, dude, like them continuously like eating like some animal shit or like, you know, stapling their nuts to their leg or, you know, like, like what, how are you going to, how are you going to like up your game? Like always it has to be something. Yeah. And what value. And it's like, you just look and see what's happened to those guys. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's fucked. That's a great example. That, that trend is dead. It's the extreme of it. But yeah, the first jackass that ever came out when they did it, it was like, holy shit. I can't believe these guys are all doing that. Oh, it was funny. It was was a lot more clever in the beginning. And then they just had to keep like upping it. And it's just like, yeah, it's like you could argue, Justin, that they might have been he might have been one of the first to really start that. I'm trying to think like who was doing just crazy, weird, gimmicky shit on TV. Yeah, it started well, out because like it was skate videos, like skate videos. They would do like mm-hmm. these parties and like they would like like hit each other with shit and yeah. you know and like punch each other in balls and like who doesn't want to see that? You know, it's hilarious. But yeah, that gets old real fast. Like that's your only thing. Yeah. You know, the thing about these these big you know, 10,000 calorie plus challenges in order to eat that much. And I hate that they call them cheat meals. It's not a cheat meal. First of all, nobody can eat 10,000 calories in a day of, of normal, healthy food. It's just a, maybe you can, I don't want to say nobody, but most people can't in order to do this. You have to eat hyper palatable, super processed calorie dense type foods, which is what you find on these you know, whatever challenges. The fact that it's fitness people doing it, it just irks the shit out of me. It's so it's so weird. It's like, you know, it's like a website that's, you know, promoting abstinence and uh, you know, like, oh, you know, you should you shouldn't have sex with a bunch of people and in order to celebrate what we're going to do today is have a fucking gangbang and bang. Yeah. <laughs> it makes whoa, no, gangbang, whoa. It makes you no, really took that one. It hard, makes yeah. no sense. Uh, it's so stupid. Yeah. And I hate that it's fitness people that are doing this. There's that one dude that has that page that, remember, I, I made fun of him a long time ago. I don't remember his name. He was on the Dr. Oz show, believe he it or not, it, recently. He made it to Dr. Oz? He was on the Dr. Oz show. Oh, which, yeah, man. Yeah, really? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I know. He's, he's that dude. He's the, like, I got a six-pack, and look what I eat. And he eats like, and he puts like cereal and macaroni and cheese on oh, pizza and nachos. That and, guy? Yeah, that moron. Son of a bitch. And, you know, he's got tons of followers, but he's got no value. He's got no value. Like Adam no. said, good luck with your business long-term. Yeah. Keep eating that Captain Crunch pizza. Yeah, because yeah. anybody that tries to go down that path finds out that doesn't work out that way for them. You know, like 90% of the people, just this person, whoever it is that's doing it, it's probably got a a roaring metabolism. They're young as fuck. They move around all day long. So they can, they're burning a bunch of calories. They can't gain weight if they're life. I remember being that kid. I could eat, you know, Captain Crunch pizza. Have you ever eaten 10,000 calories in a day? 
Do you know the most? What's the most calories you've yeah, ever that, eaten? Like that's probably just, close to eight. Just yeah, yeah probably eight. And that was made up of what? Like, well, that was also you probably drank a lot of it. No, too. a lot. That was not alcohol. Post but, you show, know. yeah. So post show, coming out of being so depleted for so many weeks, and then heading and then coming out, and then being able to eat whatever I want, which is why too, like I remember speaking about this uh, shows about how dangerous uh, that is post-show, because I went through it. So I, I remember being, okay, show's over, eat what I want, and then, okay, it starts off with an in and out, and man, they don't even come close to filling me up. And then it's a milkshake, and then it's you know donuts, and then it's candy, and See. it's just like, and then one thing after another, because I was so depleted that, and then you hit, then you get those super palatable foods that start to kick up the cravings. And then I would just, and then I remember gorging. I must've did this at two different shows. And I remember going like, Oh my God, this is crazy. And then you, then the next day you wake up and you want more and more and more. And then it heads. It, that's what I'm saying. Real like, easy to head down that path. The human body comes with these natural checks and balances. And some of the checks and balances actually prevent you from eating too much, believe it or not. And I know that's hard to believe because Today, in today's day and age, most people eat too much. But the reality is that the types of foods that we, for the most part, evolved eating are these kind of whole natural foods. They weren't these hyper palatable foods. And you go ahead and try to eat a shit ton of calories of very basic, plain, whole natural foods. It's very difficult. You hit what's called palate fatigue very quickly. Right, Very, very quickly, you'll find yourself getting sick of what you're eating. You'll find that you might get a little nauseous and you just can't eat anymore. And so these are these are natural systems to prevent you from overeating. Now the way people get around them is they eat these hyper palatable processed foods that hijack your your brain into getting you to eat more. It's extremely unhealthy and there's long term we're starting to find that there's long term effects from doing stuff like this. Like in in animal studies now they're finding that when they restrict the animals and then have them binge right afterwards, they don't just get fatter, uh, in other words they don't just get bigger fat cells. They add fat cells. Yeah, we actually increase the number of we fat We got cells. into this a little bit with Lane, didn't we? We, we did. After, after uh, how the importance of reverse dieting after these things. That's right. And what happens when you add fat cells, the odds are you never get rid of them. Now, we don't know for sure, but what we do know is when you lose weight, fat cells just shrink. So let's say you increase the number of your fat cells by 20%. Mm. Now, when you try and get lean, it becomes more difficult. You just have more total fat cells on your body. Um, and that's not a. That's this not is my theory of why a lot of competitors struggle show after show after show too, is because they go, they go they they binge purge binge yep. purge, and they on the off season they all just eat like crazy, and it's like, dude, you're adding fat cells. So then when you go to lean down again, you can see it. They don't look as sharp. Yeah, expecting yourself to get as shredded or as lean again is really well, the really, body's doing what it's supposed to do. It, it sees this extreme famine. Right, and so it's just trying to like help you out for the next season, like by adding more right. fat cells. No. To that. Well, what it does is the theory is this: is that yes, you starve yourself, and then when you refeed, your body wants to then store more body fat. But when you're eating so many calories that you are literally challenging your body's ability to store it, that's what happens. So when you eat ten thousand calories, you're challenging your body's ability, you're stretching your ability to store that that amount of energy, and your body doesn't want to do that. It doesn't want to be in a position where you get a flood of energy and it can't store it because it's a waste. So what your body does is it in increases its ability to store energy. It actually adapts in a way so that it adapts better with more energy or it becomes more efficient at storing calories. And the way it does that is by adding fat cells. So literally your body is trying to get to a point where the next time you eat 10,000 calories, 
We're not going to let those calories go to waste. You're not going to overcome our ability to store calories. Right. We've got more fat cells now. Right. So it's a great way of training your body to be fatter, easier, and more often. Mm-hmm. That's what these these cheat day you know challenges do, and they are cheap gimmicks, and they're stupid. And you're right, Sal. I mean, it's it is it's more disgusting when it's done by health and fitness professionals. It's crazy. It's yeah. so hypocritical. Yeah. It's one thing if like you're just some moron on YouTube who just does weird shit like whatever, yeah. you know, to each yeah, their own. But if you consider yourself a health and fitness pro- professional and you and you claim that you're giving out healthy advice or fitness advice and then you turn around and you do these things like that, you're just you're setting up a lot of people for failure and you're and you're you're putting I think you're putting out a really poor message and it, it's all just to attract followers because when i look through the feeds on on some of these youtube pages it is it's one of the things for some reason we love to watch people gorge i mean i don't know what that is like it's just Ugh, like that not me it's like that tv show that's like the hoarders and yeah. then the and the people that are like super obese like we're drawn to seeing that i don't know what it is if it's because it's an extreme thing and or makes us feel better or whatever it maybe, is but yeah, it maybe draws, both those things that, yeah. right it draws a lot of attention and you know the professionals that are that are or the the ones that claim to be professionals that are doing it, I think are they're doing it for just cheap views, just so they can build their page or build their business, mm-hmm. and it, it's short lived. Next question is from A Bulls fifteen. My lower back is really sore and tight when I wake up every morning. Is it because of how I sleep, or do I need to do some correctional exercises to alleviate the soreness and tightness? It could be both. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, barring that you you sleep terribly, so let's say you sleep normally and you have a normal, you know mattress that you sleep on you shouldn't wake up with a, a tight sore that shouldn't body. happen every morning like, no there's something else going on no and, and and what i hate is that people will say oh i have to get a new bed i have to get and it's i mean and i get it because that can help but it's kind of like a crutch it's like saying you know when i walk for you know longer than a mile my knee starts to hurt and so right. rather than correct figuring out why my knee is hurting i'm going to wear a knee brace mm-hmm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't think it's because of how you sleep. Unless you sleep terribly, I think you have uh, some posture and imbalance issues that yeah. need to get uh, alleviated. Because I really, here's the thing: if you're really fit and healthy and everything's in balance, you should be able to sleep on the floor. Mm-hmm. Seriously, mm-hmm. you should literally be able to sleep on the floor and wake up without any stiffness or pain. So if you're finding those things, what's probably happening? What's most common? I don't know you, and I don't know what your posture looks like, but I'm going to guess because this is the most common thing. The most common thing that I see is this uh, this excessive anterior pelvic tilt. Right, lower cross syndrome. Yeah, it's where the where the butt kind of arches and sticks out, low back bar arches. And so when you're sleeping, you're probably Instagram model posture. Yeah, you're you're, you're probably in that kind of shortened, you know, low back position. Maybe some shearing force on the low back, um, and you're not you're not able to support yourself real well because you're relaxed, and then that's what's causing pain. So the way I would offset that, if that was the issue. You know, I would do like pelvic tilts. I would do, uh, you know, plank exercises where you actually back press. Going in a, in a posture tilt, back press. Didn't you write a guide for this? I wrote mm-hmm. a back pain guide. You can get it at mindpumpfree.com that talks yeah. about some of the stuff. And then we have on our YouTube channel, we actually have videos on mm-hmm. on back pain. But yeah, this is uh, this is it's probably not due to sleeping. It's probably due to the fact that you're. You've got some, and I would some say bounces. it's not like right when you wake up to like the initial thought is to well I got to do some mobility exercises you know right when I wake up to kind of like address this like you should be doing that throughout the day like and really like take it as a priority 
because when you get to the bed and you go to sleep, you should be able to be in better better alignment and, and you know, wake up uh, without these types of pains. And I know it's it's interesting because uh, even with myself, like I have noticed when I would wake up and, and, I'm gonna, and I, I got past like the 30 age, like I was starting to notice like certain things. I'd go to tie my shoes and I'd be like, Ugh, like certain pains that weren't there before. <laughs> you the old man sound? Yeah. Like, I mean, it happens, but now you have to like realize, oh, I have to put more effort and, and more attention into priming and being diligent, uh, you know, before I add all this, uh, load and stress, you know, to, to my joints. So it's just something that you have to like set as a priority. Yeah. Pain is one of the, once you hit, once you hurt that it's almost like you're, you're towards the end of the signals that your body's going to give you, you know, after that chronic pain comes big injury. Um, so you want to address that. And here's the other thing, uh, you know, that goes along with that. When you start to work on these issues and the pain goes away, uh, that doesn't mean the issue is completely gone. It just means it's gone enough yeah. to not cause pain. Continue to work towards getting to a point where mm-hmm. it's no longer an issue. Because like I said, pain is that last signal. Oh. Some of the early signals are changes in movement, changes in posture. I used to fight Courtney about this all the time because she's had lower back pain. And um, you know, she'd get to a point where doing all these like mobility drills and the, like would get to would alleviate it. And then like she wouldn't feel it. And then it would inevitably it would come back because she'd go right back into the same type of uh, you know, rituals and routines and the way that she would move and, and work out and um, you know, it, it took like waves of that. Like it took it, you know, for her to finally realize, oh, I should keep doing this. You know, well, I, I, keep I continually do it. I was trying to look up a study that I remember reading that talked about. They did. They took like two hundred or so uh, individuals, like half male, half female, and uh, what came out was the LC. So lower cross syndrome, which is what we're talking about, <laughs> which is tight hip flexors, weak abdominals. Um, between the ages of like 20 and 30 are extremely common and beyond. Beyond that, the numbers are even higher, but they were doing this study on like even just young adults like because 30 years ago, it was just kind of unheard of that young adults with low back pain, that was something that you typically heard you know, as you get older and like, oh, okay, when you're 50, say, oh, the, all the aches and pains, oh, that's because you're old. You know, that's right. what we used to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. But because of how sedentary we are as Americans now, it's becoming very prevalent with 20 to 30-year-olds and even more prevalent with women. So women are more common uh, to have uh, these issues. It's I think it was like fifty something to sixty percent uh, of the women were were you know had weak hip flexors or weak abdominals and tight hip flexors that were causing this low back pain. That's due to the shoes that they're wearing. Heels will definitely exacture that too. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, they're they're wearing high heels a lot of the time. They're sitting down at a desk. You're sitting down in a chair all the time. We're not working our core and abdominals. So you have weak abs, so that's contributing to it. And then you just get these hips that kick out, you know, and then it, it ha- you have this shortened low back that's tight, overactive all the time. And then you go and lay in your bed in, the, in a fixed position where you already are not evenly balanced or in a neutral kind of spine. And then it just feels super, super, just like as if you were to, if you were to take your bicep and you were to like do a bicep pose and flex as hard as you can, and you were to flex for five hours, you know, what do you sleep six to eight hours for six hours of a straight flexed muscle and then try and open your arm up after that and tell me how you feel. You don't even have to flex it. You could just take your arm. Yeah. Just take your arm closed. No, great point. You don't have to flex it, you know, but that's when you go stretch it. Oh, that's tight. But that's what you're doing, right? Like we, we just don't think of it that way because we don't look at it. We don't see those, you know, those muscles It's on our low back and you're, and it's, it's so, it's such a, a small deviation that people aren't really thinking about that, but that's what's going on 
down as you're you're tensing this muscle up all day long and then you go lay in bed with it and it's still in that tensed position and so then you wake up and it just it feels like you've got this we're just so anterior focused i mean throughout the day everything is so much based on what's right in front of you and that's why it's so important when you when you go to the gym or you work out that you consider how do i better activate how do i better recruit and get my posterior chain involved uh in in all these movements because that's what's going to support you and support your spine uh you know even more effectively right and here's another thing too um try not to eat a big meal before going to bed that actually may change how your body positions itself well that makes sense too sal because you you fill up your stomach, and then if you got muscles like your psoas and your yep. these hip flexors that run through mm-hmm. that area, so you're just putting more more tightness there, more inflammation potentially mm-hmm. there. Which yeah, I, and it can contribute. I've actually had I've never clients, thought of that. But yeah, that I've, ha- I've actually had clients uh, not eat a few hours before bed and find that that takes away some of their stiffness and, mm. and pain as well. Next question is from Mr. Fricky. What do you guys think about barefoot shoes? Can similar benefits be gained from flat soles like Chucks? <laughs> Did you see the the? Me- I love when Taylor gets on there and actually responds. Do you uh, see? Have you been like Team Converse or something? No, like that? no, no, no. He says that the jury's still out on them and Uggs. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Uggs. Yeah, because he hates Uggs. Yeah. So he's oh, like that's Uggs. he's like super anti the yeah. the leggings with the Uggs, which has been a trend <laughs> for like since Britney Spears, and he's just like. He thinks it's like this fashion faux pas to do that, and he's like anti it. So he yeah. talks shit about Uggs all the time, and so he's referencing the the Vibram or whatever shoes, the barefoot shoes. Uh, like so yeah, that they're tra- not very stylish. I mean, you got to really commit, uh, you know, to wearing those. But yeah, I I'll wear them every now and then. Uh, you know, like walking around and going on hikes and stuff. Like I have like minimalist shoes uh, that I prefer to use because like you know less is more in terms of like really. And, and here's the thing, dude, like there's a lot of people out there, especially in our space, like getting all woo woo about like grounding and getting your feet and like toes. And, but there's a lot of, you know, truth in that in terms of like really activating your toes and spreading them apart and getting them to grip and feeling muscles on the bottom of your feet. Like we just don't do a good job of that. This was something that we changed our opinion on. Yeah. We did an episode. If you've been an OG, now, this is for the new listeners that don't know this, but if you've been an OG, you would probably remember this. I remember personally talking shit about those shoes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you, and then I still would, I still, so I haven't changed that much. I still would talk shit about them because they are goofy as fuck. <laughs> but I see a tremendous amount of value around them now, more so than I did then. And for me, that big game changer was when I met Doctor Brink, and when when I met Doctor Brink. And I was dealing with my, you know, bursitis in my hips, and I've got the low back stuff, and I kind of, and I have an, I know I got the lower cross syndrome going on, and so I know I need to address that. And I, I was not even looking at my feet, mm-hmm. and that was all he was addressing when he first met me. It was just like, dude, you're you're pronating hard on this one side, and then that's running up the kinetic chain, and that's why you feel here, here. And he just hit everything on me, and I was just blown away by all these issues that I was having were stemming from my foot and the and it was it was such a subtle thing that I had been doing it for so long that I didn't even realize uh, what it was causing and so when he broke me down and then I started to put the work in to fix that it just everything came together like uh, my bursitis went away I don't have low back issues anymore and now I coupled that with a lot of mobility work and other things that I was That's doing. That's super important because you go put barefoot shoes on right. and expect to, to fix your feet without correctional exercise, you're not. All you're going to do yeah. is strengthen and balance. It's no different than if I 
see somebody with a, you know, where their shoulders roll forward, and I say, oh, the exercise you should do is rows, and they go do a bunch of rows without understanding how to activate their mid-back. All they yeah. do is make the balance worse. Because this is what ended up happening. There was yep. this huge movement not that long ago with barefoot running. And there were these books that were written about how, you know, hunter-gatherers run and how you see these... People are hurting themselves. Yeah, and they were putting these shoes on, these barefoot shoes are going barefoot, and they're like, oh, cool, I'm going to go run like this from now on. Massive injuries and lots of problems because they never corrected the problem to begin with. If you want to gain benefits from wearing barefoot shoes, just putting barefoot shoes on is probably not going to give you the benefits unless unless it's a huge disparity. In other words... Let's say you walked around in heels all the time. Well, then you might get some benefit. But really, the main benefit's going to come from correcting those recruitment patterns, strengthening your foot in the right way, and wearing the barefoot shoes. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, Maps Prime Pro has a specific section on foot and ankle Mm -hmm. uh, movements, repatterning movements, and mobility movements. You know, if you really want to improve the strength of your feet, which, which like Adam's saying, will make a. I mean, I'm not. I can't. Uh, well, I can't understate this. It will make a, a huge difference. I could argue it's it's probably like one of the most impactful. Like uh, like in terms of if you're an athlete and you're trying to assess like what can I do to like increase my performance, like like 10x my performance to just strengthen your feet and your ankles and put like a lot of emphasis in that direction. It will have so much transfer into like your performance and and you know how y- your body moves and responds. That's your contact point I- to direct all of the force you can generate. Like your 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 feet need to be able to handle that, and it can handle more the stronger it gets, and, and it'll stabilize those forces the stronger you get. Yeah, yeah. I'm having my my daughter do a bunch of foot exercises right now because I noticed that her foot uh, she flat. They go, they get real flat. That's mm. how mine always want to be. So we're giving her, you know, exercises like short foot. So really, I think we did a video. We we I, we've done some videos on YouTube, right? On that's yeah, a, that's a tough one. Short yeah, foot. I I we have, and you know, Eldo, I was I was part. You know, the Eldo came in this this week and uh, taught their level one, level two, and I got a chance to sit in a little bit. And they actually have a really cool foot warm up that I liked. I'll show you guys later oh, on that I, that I think is cool, and it's. You know, you're back and forth, and you're you're rolling in and out, and I think it's a cool little warm up that people could add, and maybe we can shoot a YouTube video on it. It's really basic, really simple, um, but I think uh, everybody can use it just because we all wear crutches on our feet. Yep. I mean, everybody's we we all everybody walks around in shoes all day long. So back to the the the, the barefoot shoes. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I see. Uh, for you know, I, this is one of the things like we talk about on the show that. Many times our, our paradigm has been shattered or we have said something and then came back and corrected it. I talked a lot of shit about those shoes for a long time, and now I see value in them. But like Sal said, it, only if you put the other work in. Otherwise, you're just some clown wearing barefoot shoes because everybody's wearing it. If, you aren't, if you're not putting the work into exercising and strengthening your feet and working on the problems that you have, like flat foot or the, the feet pronating, or externally rotating, or whatever you have going on, whatever deviation you have going on in your feet, or lack of connection you have there. If you're not addressing that, and your only way of addressing that is wearing, you know, barefoot shoes or whatever, that's you're not really doing shit for for yourself, other than looking silly when you walk around in them. Next question is from Mark in the Mountains. What's your opinion on being a trainer part time? Is online training something you should do, even if you have no in person training experience? Oh, that's a that's a the I'd say the biggest 
fastest growing market of personal training is online. Uh, you're seeing a lot more people go that route, probably with the popularity of social I don't media. Think you should, I don't think you should be an online trainer if you haven't had you know, in-person experience. I think it's a horrible idea. Yeah. I, I, you know, I you're, you're probably right, Justin. Uh, you know, it, training people virtually is actually more challenging. Fuck yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Because you can't, you're not there with the person. And so, you know, training someone online without that one-on-one -on -one experience, that's got to be a difficult, that's got to be a difficult way it's, to do it. Um, all of my years of experience and certifications and whatever, like, I still think it's challenging. Yeah. I mean, to, to first of all, have a client that can even articulate their problem they're having well is already fucking one in a hundred. There you go. Right? Because how many clients do you have ever been able to explain an issue to you really well and articulate what's going on? You know, and how many, I've so many times I've had a client tell me, oh, this is what's going on. Then I watch them like, oh, this is what's going on with you. No, it's such a good point that you have to think for them. Right. You, you have to stay a million steps ahead of them and then draw out the program accordingly because, yeah, it's it it's that they, they they don't know what they don't know, and so you're the one the professional that has to like, you know, really steer the ship in that in that regard, and, and you don't get that kind of experience unless you do it one on one and you get multiple reps, you know, and interactions with real people because these are so many variables that you won't know to think about until you actually like you know are, are in person, uh, faced with those obstacles. Yeah. Not to mention, okay, and I know Mark is really smart. He's one of our forum guys, and I know he's a well-read person, and so I know he's intelligent enough, so he probably has a lot of information and answers that you could potentially give your online clients. But you know what I think of when I see someone like that? I'm going to talk some shit right now, too, is what's that dork's name? Vegan Gains. He has a YouTube channel. Here we go. And what I this is what I see when I see someone like that. I see somebody who sits behind a computer all fucking day long and reads studies and reads articles and is really, really fucking smart when it comes to that. And so he bashes all these people online and tears them apart. But his practical knowledge or hands-on knowledge is little to none. And you can tell by the way he talks about training, about nutrition is like, how many fucking real people have you sat in front of and really truly helped? Because there's a, there's another piece to this puzzle that is extremely important. I had this conversation with all these really smart kids that were at Eldoa because Eldoa is like a super high well, level, very high level, very right? high high level certification. And you know, so we we had a room full of all these really smart nerdy trainers, and I said, you know. It's one thing to get these certifications, and I think it's really good. I think it's. I think there's a lot of application that comes with Aldoa to the average person. But if you can't distill that information and you don't have the experience and knowledge to know what the common, uh, you know, mishaps or mistakes that clients make along that journey, and you can't help coach them through that process or get them to execute something, then all the fucking knowledge in the world is worthless. So that's what I worry about with somebody who's never done in-person training and they have all this book knowledge and so they think that they can coach somebody online it's like well yeah you could but i don't know how effective that you really could be and maybe somebody who is themselves very knowledgeable and they just need a little more guidance in the right direction or maybe they have an incredible amount of uh you know experience with anatomy and biomechanics and so when you explain something via phone or via text message or email they can then take that and then they can apply it. But in my experience, most of the people that hire me, their level of, of knowledge uh, of 
anatomy, biomechanics, nutrition, human physiology is very, very minimal. And they are still learning about themselves. And so when they say things like, oh, this hurts or this bothers me, like that is that right there in itself, it takes me like digging and digging yeah. and digging to even figure out what it is they're trying to explain to me because they they don't know the difference between pain, soreness, mm-hmm. chronic pain. Yes. And, that, right. and, the, yeah. and I mean, to play devil's advocate, you could definitely gain experience online because I mean, when people first start training one-on-one, they have to learn these things. But here's the difference. Here's the big difference. The big difference is when you're training people in person, uh, you see them for a full hour. You're sitting there conversing with them for a full hour. You get to see how they move. You get to manipulate how they move, you know, hands-on. And so the learning process is faster. It becomes much more faster uh, and much deeper than when you do something, you know, online where you've never worked with anybody in person and all you're doing is online. And yes, you can build experience online as well, but how much longer is it going to take you to learn something online when you don't have that opportunity to sit with someone and work with people one-on-one. I mean, it took me you know, years to become an excellent trainer of experience one-on-one in person. Gosh, if I just started online, I think it would have taken me twice as long to mm-hmm. become good yeah. because I didn't have that experience of working with people in front of me. And, pe- and you have different conversations. It's funny, when, you, when I'm sitting in front of somebody in person and we get to have that whole dedicated hour together and I'm training them, we start to communicate. I start to get more information out of that individual that I maybe would not have gotten if it was just done through through text or even through phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, because many times you'll ask a client like, "Oh, you know, uh, here's a simple one. This is silly, but this is true. You know, you'll you'll ask somebody and you'll say something like, "So, do you have any?" any aches or pains? They'll be like, nope, I have none at all. Okay. Then you'll start training them and they'll be like, oh, I can't do that because my back hurts. Yep. That happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. And wait, like, wait, you, wait. Did- you told me in the beginning there was no you know, previous injuries. Like Literally, I've had people like, oh yeah, I had this surgery on you know, my about- shoulder. I, you know, It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. You just marked off. <laughs> you know, it just happens. Yeah, like or that. you'll people be like, how's like- your sleep? You yeah. know, Do you sleep really good? Oh, I sleep every night. You know, I get eight hours of sleep. Okay, no problem. Then you'll be training them in person and just because you're with them for an hour, Hour, you just have normal conversation. They'll be like, oh yeah, you know, last night I had to get up at three and I had to get up at whatever. And you'll be like, does that happen often? Yeah, it happens almost every other night. And you start to realize, yeah. okay, this person has no idea yeah. what good sleep is. And I'm learning this because I get to work with this person in person. Now, how does that translate to online coaching? Well, as an online coach through this experience, I now know what questions to ask. Yes. Right. I now know when I need to dig deeper and I now know how to convey information. behavior. Exactly. And yeah. this is just through, you know, just through experience. Well, yeah, you if don't you don't, if, I mean, you, get experience. you get how many things too, like with little movements and exercise, you get something like a, like a lap pull down. How many times have I heard this? A lap pull down and someone's like, my forearms um, are, are, are getting so pumped and burning. What am I doing wrong? Like that's, that's the question you get from a client. Like, what the fuck? I'm not there. I don't see the movement. Mm-hmm. And someone tells me something like that. Now, lucky for me, I've, watched and you've you know, heard that a hundred times and have heard this a hundred times yeah. so like they're probably more than likely every time they pull that bar in they're slightly rolling their wrist the as they come in because it's just a natural thing to do as you pull something closer to you that last couple inches you tend to have this slight little wrist roll and that's just a subtlety like a very subtle thing that i've seen happen hundreds of times before on a co- client that ends up causing them to fatigue their forearms and now they feel it on their forearms and not their back you know so if you didn't, if you didn't have that experience to do that, and someone 
messages over a text message or a phone call tells you that, like, what are you thinking? Yeah, like, yeah. what what could possibly going through your head? Like, I don't know what would go through my head if I had not already had those. And that's just one random example that just yeah, popped in my head. There's yeah. thousands of examples yeah. like that of where I can go, oh, okay, okay, could be this, could be this, could be that. And that's even my when I was online coaching – that's how a lot of my responses still are. It's never like, oh, you're doing this. It's normally, um, it might be this, check this, pay attention to this next time, yeah. get back to me on yeah, this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I still got to troubleshoot Send it. me a video doing this right. specifically. But right. even that, it's not real time, no, right? And, and even with the video, sometimes they take it you know, a certain way. They'll try like, harder. That, and, oh, yeah. wait a minute. Shh, can you take a video from this angle? Yeah, or, yeah, you can't see yeah, anything. Yeah, Je- you know, Jessica, she's going full-time online, 100%. So she's wow. going to be doing all online training, no more you know, one-on-one training. And, you know, some of the stuff that she's learned through this, which is, you know, stuff that we talk about, you know, when you with online because online coaching's exploded, it, it's exploded in the sense that you see a lot of people offering these services and a lot of these people start these pages and social media and their goal is to have, you know, tens of thousands of followers. You don't need that. You got to provide a lot of value um, and be able to communicate with your people with lots of value. And this is an, another important, important thing that we communicate uh, on the show as we talk about this, because I think. There's a misunderstanding where they're going to start an online training business and their goal is, oh, okay, I have 30,000 followers. This means I'm going to be able to convert that into a successful online coaching. Not really. Not if you're not providing you know, really, really good value. Right. I know pages with hundreds of thousands of followers who could not turn it into an online coaching business. Right. You know, Jessica's page, you know, what she have, like 5,000 followers, the, the training hour, 5,000 followers, 6,000 followers, but she's done it through through value. This is a very important thing to to pay attention to. You still have to provide a shit ton of value when you're doing coaching, whether you're doing it in person or doing it online. Very, very, very important. So check this out. If you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can check out some of our free guides. The latest guide that we have is on how to squat like a pro. And we did mention a low back pain or a back pain guide. That is also available there. There are 10 other guides you could choose from. You can get one or you can get all of them. Again, it's mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.